Amen. Praise the Lord. Say to the person next to you, your morning is good. Good every morning. Amen. His mercy is new every morning. That's why you can say good morning every morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good, isn't he? Awesome. All the time, God is good because time is in his hand. Amen. Amen. Let's continue with the series, Understanding Prophetic Timing. So this is lesson number two. How to lock into God's prophetic timing. So we understand prophetic timing. That's our lesson Yes, last Sunday, not yesterday, last Sunday. And last Sunday, we learned three very important words. The word chronos, which is the word chronology. That's where you get your word time from. And the next one is kratos, which means a chronos, sorry, chronos, which means the opportune time, the opportune time. And the third word is the word moed, means God's divine season. Amen. So let's continue with how do we lock into God's prophetic timing. Let's go back to our foundation scripture, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. And as a child of God, it's very, very important that we spend time digging into the word. You know, don't ever allow the devil to cheat you and deceive you thinking, well, the gospel is simple. Christianity is simple, just simple faith. <laughs> Simplicity comes out of the understanding if you don't have the understanding, you're just being presumptuous. When you have the understanding, then you know how to work with God. You know what his thoughts are. You know what his ways are. And then life becomes simple. It's just like you've had, you've, you have acquired the skill, so driving becomes simple to you. It's become like your second nature. It's almost automatic. Why? Because you've learned. You have acquired the skill. So it's the same for Christianity. We must continue to grow in our knowledge and our understanding. Otherwise, all you have on the inside is just old wine and not new wine. It's very important that we observe the hands of the Holy Spirit. It's very, very important that we see the move of God currently, in our current time, in our personal life every day, and globally, every day. Because we need to understand that God is moving. And we need to know and observe how he moves so that we can move with him. Don't ever allow your Christianity to be stagnant. It should always be moving. Can we say amen? So if we look at Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. And the same when you read your Bible, always read with the Holy Spirit. Not your mind, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will highlight the Word of God to you, which you have never seen before, which you did not see last year or the year before that. The Holy Spirit is current. He's the new wine. It's always current. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That means the vision has not come yet. It's yet for an appointed time. That means the vision is due in the future. But at the end, that means the right time. Now the word yet for an appointed time, the word appointed time, the whole, the whole clause there translated as appointed time, it's the word, it's the Hebrew word moed, which means the season. It's like what season are we in now? Come on, tell me. What season are we in now in Australia? What season are we in? We are in summer. So are we in winter yet? Is winter an appointed time? Yes. Is, isn't winter a moed? Will it surely come? Yes. That's exactly what it means. All right? So there is a moed. It's not here yet, but it will surely come. At the end, it shall speak. I want you to highlight the word speak. That means God will talk to you when your time comes. You will hear it. It shall speak. And not lie. Though it tarry, it seems like there's a duration. It seems like there is a clause that you have to wait. There is a process that you are still waiting. Though it tarry, wait for it. God says, wait. You 
wait with faith, not unbelief. Come on, say with me, wait with faith, not unbelief. It's just like how many of us parents are waiting for our children to mature? How many of you are waiting for your children to mature? What do you do? Wait with faith. Wait with faith. Wait with faith. How many of you are doing business? And it may not like your business is doing well, but what do you do? Wait with faith. Wait with faith. Okay? It's very important. Because it will surely come. That's how good God is. He's comforting you. Amen? He said, the end it shall speak. It will surely come. And then he says, it will not tarry. Three times. He's given you the assurance. Three times. Can we say amen? amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. So when we talk about our expectation, you be very careful. Even though you're hearing all the news, you know, all the gloom and doom with COVID-19, all the gloom and doom with the doctor's report. But the Word of God says that you expect what is good. So your expectation is of the Lord. You know, don't masquerade it and say that I'm just being cautious. I'm just being realistic. No, if you've been cautious, if you've been realistic for 40 years, 50 years, come on. Correct yourself. Correct your attitude. Your expectation should always be positive. Come on, say it with me one more time. Our expectation should always be positive. One more time. Our expectation should always be positive. Positive. Why? Because of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. That's what we've been told to do. Not a gloomy look, but a bright outlook. Amen. Say to the person next to you, you have a bright outlook. Amen. You have a bright outlook and you have a bright future. You have a bright outlook and you have a bright future. Can we say Amen. Hallelujah, our future is full of the light of God. Light makes you bright. <laughs> light makes you bright. You want to have a bright child. You want to have a bright future. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, I leave it to you to do your homework and find out what Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 is talking about. The verse that's after this. All right, the verse is after this. Find out for yourself. Oh, they've shown it to you. <laughs> this verse is telling us that whenever we are disappointed, frustrated, cautious, so-called, pessimistic, it's because your soul is being lifted up. The soul always tries to lift it up above the Word of God. The Word of God is yes and amen, but the soul says may not be right this time. It shouldn't, maybe it won't work this time. But... Read this together with me. One, two, three. But the just shall live by faith. But the just shall live by his faith. Your faith matters. Your faith matters. Say to the person next to you, live by your faith. Every person has his or her faith. I have my faith. You have your faith. And that's why that's the personal pronoun. The just shall live by his faith. It's important that you build your faith and you exercise your faith. Amen. Now go back to our lesson this morning. Lock into God's prophetic timings. When we talk about time, we're talking about life. Life is time and time is life. So how's your life doing? I'm asking you, how's your time doing? How's your time doing is how your life is doing. How are you doing with your time? Okay? So time, there's an aspect of time that is predetermined or pre-ordered. Predetermined time and ordered time. Ordered in the sense that it's not chaotic. It's been ordered. And also we talk about moets, appointed times, divine appointments. I don't quite understand that. That's too difficult for me, Pastor Dora. Well, let's look at today. Let me ask you, how many of you uh, woke up this morning? Yes? How many of you know that soon we will have noontime? 
Yes? How many of you know that soon we'll have evening time? How many of us know that soon we will have night time? Those are the ordered times that God has given to us. You don't need to plug into the PowerPoint. You don't need to turn it on. God has given us the sun and the moon to give us signs, times, and seasons. So we are talking about time. And time can be ordered. Time can be predetermined. And God has given us the predetermined times. Amen? So we have the morning, we have the afternoon, we have the evening, we have the night, and they all together give us one day. One day. And then when you put the days together, that gives you a month. And when you put the months together, together that gives you a year. Now even the plants know that. Even the trees know that. I remember when I studied biology when I was in high school, they talked about the rings in the trunk of a tree that tells the age of the tree. So everything that God has created will tell you the duration. That's the word age. That means how long it has been planted. How long it has lasted. Amen. Amen. When we talk about duration, when we talk about how long it lasts, for example, if you're buying a washing machine, if you're buying a dishwasher, if you're buying a piece of jewelry, what do you look for? Something that lasts. Why is gold so valued? Because gold can last. So when we talk about value, we're talking about something that lasts. How valuable is your marriage to you? When your marriage can last for a long time, that means your marriage is important to you. So when we talk about the duration of time, we are talking about faithfulness. We are talking about faithfulness. We are talking about resilience. We are talking about loyalty. God sees you according to how well you are doing with the Duration of time. The devil is a cheapo. He's changing all the time. Changing, 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 changing. Nothing lasts for too long. It's always changing. Because the devil has no faithfulness. The devil has no faithfulness. But God is faithful. And his mercy is new every morning. Even when you make a mistake, even when you sin, God still stays faithful. Faithful. You can meditate on his faithfulness and give him thanks. He is so good. Amen. So when we talk about time, when we talk about physical, the personal physical timeline, every one of us, we have a personal physical timeline, and that's called your age. So if I say that you're 40, that means you have lasted on the earth for 40 years. So how long have you lasted those 40 years? How long are you doing? How long are you doing as a person? How long are you doing as a person? I've been doing as a person for 40 years. How good have I been doing with my time? 40 years. Praise the Lord. I haven't, I haven't spent 40 years in jail. You know what they call going to jail? It's to do time. <laughs> Isn't that right? Right? To do time in jail. Praise the Lord. We use time. We don't do time. Amen. Time is for you to use. Say to the person next to you, time is for you to use. So let me ask you a very simple question. Are you supposed to be the master over your time or are you supposed to be the slave of your time? Who is a slave? A slave is somebody who is a slave to time, who has lost his mastery over his life, his time. So when we talk about your personal physical timeline, we're talking about your physical birth, your growth, your maturity, and then the physical death. That's what every person, you know, goes through, right? All the stages of life. But listen to me, there is also a spiritual, personal spiritual timeline. 
a personal spiritual timeline. What is that? Your rebirth, when you got born again. Your spiritual growth as a child of God. And then as you grow, you start to see signs, wonders, and miracles, the manifestations of the Word of God. Your manifestations. And then what happened? You start to mature. You become more and more mature in God. And finally, you become a father of the faith or a mother of the faith. All right? So those are the five stages of every healthy, born-again Christian. Amen. So once again, rebirth, spiritual growth, manifestations, maturity, and fatherhood. That every born-again child of God should go through that. Amen. Hallelujah. And we shall face God in heaven, and we will look at ourselves how we have grown when we were on the earth as a child of God. Every child of God should grow. Come on, say to yourself, I need to grow. Amen. Don't be so consumed by natural ambition. You know, in the natural, we are so ambitious, you know, we want to finish our primary school and then finish our high school, finish our university, finish our whatever, you know, bachelor and then master and doctorate. We need to have that desire to grow in the Lord as well. The desire to grow in the Lord. Amen. Can we say amen? Say with me, I desire to grow in him. To know him better, stronger, clearer, deeper, every day. Amen. Don't just leave it to the pastors. Don't leave it to the ministers. I didn't desire to be a pastor to start with, but I did desire to grow. As soon as I became born again, my heart's desire was to know him. And the more you know him experientially and also in terms of knowledge, the more you want to know him. Amen. If there's something wrong with your life, go back and check yourself. If there's something wrong, that means in an area you really haven't applied the spiritual principles. If you apply the spiritual principles, that area should be dealt with. Okay? That, that's very true. That's very real. That's how I've, I've studied and I've learned. Amen? So, very, very important that we learn that God has chosen certain days, moets, certain days and times and seasons to intervene into our lives. We want divine intervention. We don't want to be just left here on the earth all by ourselves. We want divine intervention. So when we get to know him, so when we get to submit to him, and when we get to obey him, we have those divine interventions into our lives, the opportune times. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Whereas if we get carried away in the natural, we are so concerned about what's happening in our natural lives, we cut him off. We cannot... We cut him off. We, we, we fail to allow him to come into our lives. Amen. The key is that we can flow with his timing. We can get to know his calendar. We can flow with him if we so desire to. Say with me, I can. Say with me, I can flow with God. One more time, I can flow with God. Amen. Well, there are already set times or moets given to us to have divine intervention into our lives. There are already moets or appointed times, set times, that we can have divine interventions into our lives. For example, Sunday service. God has put aside, you know how long it had taken God to put aside Sunday service for us, to, for his people? God had put aside Sunday service for us to encounter him and he to encounter us, for him to intervene into our lives. Amen. For us to open doors unto him and for him to open the windows of heaven into our lives. 
Amen. What are the times? Prayer meetings. Prayer meetings are the moeds of God, the set times of God for God to intervene into your life. Amen. What else? Devotion times, morning devotion, evening devotion. Amen. Time that you are, you are like time that you are intentionally spending with God because you want Him, you invite Him, you desire Him to come into your life. Amen. What else? When we are tithing, when we're giving offerings, I'm doing this. Why? Because I'm doing this as a response of my heart to his word. So that's why he can intervene into my life. Fellowship time. Love my neighbor as myself. I'm not withdrawn. I'm not individualistic. I love God and I love people with his love. God's love for me, through me, for him and for the people around me. So that's the time that God can intervene into my relationships with people. How many of us know that we will prosper and do very well if we do well relationally? Amen? It's true. Our relationship with people in God's eyes is very, very, very important. God gives you this revelation, okay? And the time to witness. When we witness to somebody else, we allow God to intervene into our lives, to bless us, to anoint us, to lead us, and to guide us. So let's lift up our hands and say, Lord, we want these divine times, set times for your intervention. Amen. Do you know why God has to ordain Sunday services in different parts of the world? So that he can intervene into the affairs of men. Otherwise, we'll be terrible. We'll, we will be so miserable and so terrible. You know, how many of you know that during the world wars, it was very hard for people, Christians, together in churches? Bombing happening all the time. It was so dark, so dark, so miserable. Why? Because there were no services. People were not allowed together. So it's very, very important that we follow God's set times. Amen? So when we talk about time, we're talking about your past. It can be your immediate past, your distant past. We're talking about your present. It can be your immediate present or just a few seconds ago. And then we're talking about your future. It can be your immediate future, which that's what we think about a lot. And then our distant future, which we also have to think about, and our eternity. That's what the Word of God talks about. So our past and our present and our future together, they become our life. That's your life. Your life is made up of your past, your present, and your future. And they are interconnected. Because sometimes we can get so carried away by the natural that we, we fail to think about our life. You can be so carried away by making money every day or making your ends meet that you don't really care about your life and the quality of your life and where you're going. But when the Holy Ghost comes in, the light comes in. What's the point of having a beautiful house if your life is terrible? What's the point? You know, all the celebrities, they have everything that they want, all the movie stars, and yet they still kill themselves. They still do a lot of drugs because why? Their lives were terrible. So who you are is more important than what you own. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Who you are is more important than what you own. And actually, what you own should flow out of who you are. That's the biblical principle. Amen? So when we talk about the past, the present, and the future, a very important key element is the word forgiveness. Remember the word of God says that if you don't forgive others, neither will God forgive you. Why? Because forgiveness takes care of our past. If your past were all clogged up, then you don't have a good present. And if your present is all messed up, you won't have a good future. So God has given us wisdom that we walk in forgiveness, that we forgive others as God has forgiven us. So that takes care of our past. 
So nothing is blocking. Nothing is clogged up. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So the goodness of God can flow. Glory be to God. Flow and keep flowing. Amen. Hallelujah. And the word of God also talks about restitution. What is restitution? If you have harmed somebody, if you have taken things from from somebody, if you have robbed somebody, then go back and do restitution. So that means to free the person up so that person won't be angry with you. So you do your part not to be angry with that person and you also help that person not to be angry with you. That's when you go say and go and say, forgive me. Or you may feel that there's nothing to forgive, but... You know, for the sake of the good person, you say, please forgive me. Let us be reconciled. So that frees up the channels. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Say to the person next to you, free up all your channels. Amen. Glory be to God. Take care of our past, clearing the junk, declutter. Amen. This is a trendy word now, declutter. Amen. And make your past, your present, and your future good. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16. 14, 16. When we talk about our life, we're talking about our time. And your time is about stewardship. It's how you steward your time. What do you do with your time? And time has set times seasons, and time has parameters. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but the fool rages on and is confident. That means the fool does not think ahead. The fool does not think. He's just surviving. He doesn't know how to plan ahead. He doesn't know how to think ahead. He just rages on and is confident. You know, it's not good to be confident when you're foolish. (laughs) It's good to be confident when you're wise, but it's not good to be confident when you're foolish. Okay? I remember when we were uh, in Japan, you know, we were on, on the train and we were going somewhere. And it's like we sort of... Mm, we must be going in the wrong direction. But to begin with, we were very confident. We were going the right way. But no, we were confidently foolish. We were wrong. We were not going the right way. We are going the wrong way. <laughs> Amen? So it's very important that you pause and check yourself. Say to the person next to you, check yourself. Check. Amen. Do your sound check. Check. Check your heart. Check your thoughts. Check. Check where you're going. Praise the Lord. A wise man fears. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. It's not who I am in your sight. It's not who you are in my sight. It's who I am in the sight of God. A wise man fears and departs from evil. Let God Define your parameter. Your parameter may be, well, I don't watch dirty movies, I I don't smoke, I don't drink. But God will tell you what is evil, that means what is not good for you. Maybe nobody knows what you're thinking in your mind. But the Lord knows and he tells you, stay away from that. Get rid of that thought. Maybe there is prejudice in you against somebody. And the Lord say to you, get rid of that. That's prejudice. Let God define your parameters. And so nothing is clocked up on the inside. There is nothing there to defile or contaminate you. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. One thing that is about COVID is that we know how important it is not to be contaminated. Okay? It's so important to stay clean on the inside. Amen. Our understanding gives us wisdom so that we plan our future. Say to the person next to you, plan your future. I'm not a very good, I was not a very good person when it came to planning, but the Lord is teaching me. Planning is very, very important. But plan with the Holy Spirit. You must plan your future. Amen. Plan what your life is going to be like three months down the track, six months down the track. One year down the track. Plan. Plan. When you plan, then you can see. You can plan if you can see. When you can see, then you can plan. Don't live from day to day. You must have a vision. Can we say amen? 
Amen. It's very important. And our vision should be good. Our vision should be good. Don't live from day to day because that's fear. That's survival. When you have vision, when you have faith, you can plan. You can plan because you can see. Can we say amen? Say with me together. I can see. I can see my future. I can plan. I can see. I can plan. Amen. So we talked about your personal time, your lifespan, the time that you live out on the earth. What about corporate time? What is corporate time? Well, the time of your family bloodline from one generation to the next. A lot of times we can see our children. And for us, you know, some of us, we can see down children's children. But it's very difficult for us to see two, three, four generations down the line. But God sees the generations. That's why genealogy is in your Gospels, right? God is the God of generations. And whatever you don't deal with yourself, the sins, the clutter that's in you that you don't deal with will pass on to the second and the third and the fourth generation. And that's what God doesn't want. You are in charge of your bloodline. You are in charge of your family. I found out one thing that my children can be like me or, son or like Sunny. You know, I can say, oh, that's very much like me. Or Sunny will say, that's very much like your mom. You know, because whether they like it or not, you know, I gave birth to them. So my confidence should be that who is in me is greater than the world. My confidence should be that my children will follow my spiritual DNA. My children will follow me in the Lord. Right? Because I am their mother. God has positioned me to be their leader. God has positioned Sonny to be their leader. And the same for you. So that's why I've always said, parents, we don't follow our children. Our children follow us. Follow me as I follow the Lord. You need to confess that. Confess it over your children that they will follow me as I follow the Lord. Can we say amen? One more time. My children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my children's children will follow me as I follow the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how you give God your families, your bloodline. Amen. Hallelujah. That's our corporate time. Our time with the family from one generation to the next. And that's why in the Old Testament, remember Jacob has how many children? Jacob, how many children? Twelve. And they become? Twelve tribes. Twelve tribes. Twelve tribes. So each family is a tribe. Each family is a tribe. So your family is very, very important in the sight of God. Amen. So when we talk about corporate time, we talk about the time of the family together as a corporate. And we talk about the time of the nation or the time of the ethnic groups. And then we talk about the time of the planet Earth. How many of us know that the Earth is a planet and it's material and it has an end to it? The Bible tells us very, very clearly. Now, I want you to look at somebody in the Bible whom we all know, and his name is Joseph. How many of you know that he had a prophecy on his life? He received that prophecy when he was a teenage boy. And that prophecy brought him all the way out of his home into Egypt. And it seemed like that the prophecy was not doing well for him, but it did. Because it was the prophecy that promoted him out of slavery to a place of leadership. So uh, towards the half of his life, he became a leader. And he started to do very well and he started to prosper. So he was doing very well. His time was very good, right? He was very well, very well respected. He saw promotion. He saw provision and mission. So that God had taken him to Egypt to provide for the people. And I want you to see this. That was his personal timeline. That was his personal prophecy. 
after his time, what happened to his descendants? What happened to his descendants? What happened to his brother's descendants? They all became slaves. They all became slaves. Why was that? Because they were not after God. They were in captivity. Life was hard. They didn't call upon the Lord strong enough, with enough faith that is stronger and greater than the adversity that they were in. They were locked in their tough times, locked in their hard times. But God said if we would cry out to him in adversity, in tough times and hard times, he would intervene into our life and free us from captivity. Can we say amen? That's why we will bring praise. We will bring praise. So important that you praise God during the tough times and the hard times. Amen. So all those years, how many years do you think? It was 400 years, 400 years. Actually, God gave that prophecy to Abraham as well. So 400 years until God intervened. 400 years, that was a long time. Go with me to Genesis chapter 15, Genesis 15 verse 13 to 14. Now I want you to see that prophecies, they are everywhere in your Bible and you need to study them in order that you can have them moving in your life. So Genesis chapter 15 verse 13 to 14. God speaking to Abram, he said, Know of a surety that your seed, your descendants, shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for 400 years. Now this is very important, and this is something that uh, we need to know. And look at verse 14. And also that nation, what is that nation? Egypt, whom they shall serve will judge. God will judge. Did God, didn't God judge Egypt? Yes. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. I'll continue to watch Egypt when you're watching the news, okay? Because there are prophecies about Egypt. Okay, let's go back to this. Also that nation, Egypt, whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Now there is a lot of people who don't understand God. They think that God is just a judge. Judging this, judging that, judging, always judging, judging. No. If God wants to judge us, a lot of us would have been judged a long time ago. God, the heart of God is to redeem, to save. So it's not that God was judging them. This is a prophecy. A prophecy comes out of God's omniscience. What's the meaning of the word omniscience? Omniscience means all-knowing. All-knowing. God is all-knowing. It's out of God's foreknowledge that he's giving Abram this prophecy to let him know that he is God and also to release the word so that his intervention would be able to come and deliver them and rescue them. That's why he had to say, I will judge the nation whom they will serve. Do you understand this? God had his foreknowledge and he gives us a piece of his foreknowledge and that's called prophecy. And he has to give us his prophecies in order that he can come and intervene into this earthly realm. In order that he can deliver us, he can save us. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not God's will for them to be in slavery in Egypt for 400 years? No. If it's the will of God, then God would not have delivered them. Remember, everything in your life, everything in my life, everything in your life, there is a Godward side and there is a manward side. Let's say that again. There is a Godward side and there is a manward side. So it's not all God nor is it omen. So it's important that we follow the Lord, that we are in sync with him, that we flow with him. So prophecies are not God's divine predetermination. No. 
It's not that God had predetermined them to be slaves in Egypt. Predestination, biblical predestination, is not predetermination. The Chinese understanding is fate. A woman is fated to be a slave. A woman is fated to divorce. No, the Bible does not say that. Choose for yourself this day. The Bible has a lot to do about making choices. The Bible has a lot to say about we being the free agents to choose our destiny. Okay, so don't mix them up. For knowledge is not predetermination. Okay, so they are God's foreknowledge of the affairs of men. Now, the reason why people have become religious is because they have mixed it up. They've got in a bit of Eastern culture, you know, and mixed it up and thought that God has fated me. So if God has fated me, I just pray and pray and hope that God will do something. No. No, they've misunderstood the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is for those fixed times, the seasons, the corporate time. But every one of us, we have our personal time with God. Personal time. And that's when you can live out God's plan, best plan for your future. In fact, if you don't know his plan for your life, if you don't know his good heart for your future, you'll never live it out. If you don't know that God wants to heal you, if you don't know your healing scriptures, if you've never prayed healing, all that you're doing is just passive, passive. God, please heal me. God, please heal me. You can pray that for 30 years and still stay sick. If you don't have revelation about provision, and you think that, oh, it's good for me to be poor so that, you know, I won't be rich, you know. It's good for me to be poor so that I can make it to heaven, which is rich. <laughs> you can stay poor for the rest of your life because you are just religious. You have no understanding. And when you have no understanding, you have no faith. When you have no faith, you have no prayers. And when you have no prayers, you have no blessings. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So with all you're getting, get understanding. Know that God is real. He is real. You need to look for him. You need to look for him. You need to know him. You know to step up with him. You need to synchronize with him. You need to move with him. You need to want him so bad. You want him so much. I want him so much. I want him more than the air that I breathe. I want him more than the bread that I eat. That's when God will move for you. Not just when you just sit there and hope and wish. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Can I ask you who wrestled with God? Who said, I won't let you go till you have blessed me? Who is that? Jacob. How many children did he have? Twelve. And all of his children became tribes. Amen. So it's very important for us to be proactive. Your proactivity in God would place you in a high position. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. God knows his people, his chosen ones, and he does his best to intervene for our good. Amen. With our cooperation. God cannot do anything for you without your cooperation. And that's why prophecies must be proclaimed. My words will never return unto me void, but accomplish what I please and achieve the purpose for which they are sent. How does God proclaim his word? Through the mouths of his believers. And God had twisted, I mean, God had ordained our mouths for good. The devil had twisted it. How many of you find that it's very hard for you to pray and talk good, but it's very easy for you to complain and grumble and curse? But we have to reject that. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Israel is God's chosen nation for prophecies to be fulfilled on the earth. The church is God's chosen generation for prophecies to be released on the earth. Israel is God's chosen nation. The church is God's chosen generation. 
your tongue has the power of life and death. So how many of you would think that it's very wise to pray? Very wise to pray. If you would change your life, start praying. Amen. Amen. God knows all the evil of the world. And that's why he had set boundaries. What are the boundaries of God? Judgments. A man can only lift up to 120 years. That's God's boundary for the lifespan of a man. Summer can only go so far. Winter can only go so far. The tidal waves can only come into the shore for so far. God has set boundaries, right? Amen. So that the devil cannot run rampant. What do we see in the Bible? Noah's flood, that's the boundary. Sodom and Gomorrah, that's the boundary of God. The Tower of Babel, the boundary of God. So how do I log into God's prophetic timing? Write down this word and highlight this word. How do I log into God's timing? It's called alignment. Say with me, alignment. One more time, alignment. What does it mean? My time align with God's purpose. Align. That means I come in line with God. How many of you know that when, let's say, if you bring your children from one room to the next, what do you tell them to do? Line up. <laughs> the boys, girls, and the girl guys, line up. Attention, you know, line up. That means we align with God's purpose. If we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, which is the same as Luke chapter 11, verse 2. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Who is praying this prayer? Who was praying? Come on, church, be proactive. Who was praying? Jesus. Jesus. Now listen to this. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. Jesus. Why do we have to observe Jesus? When you read the Bible, when you read the Gospels, who is Jesus? Jesus is God in the flesh. Wow. God in the flesh. So when I study Jesus, I get to know how God would behave in a certain situation. How God would solve problems. How God would deal with issues. Wow, how good is that? So the Bible becomes exciting because I get to know God, how he would act if he were here with me. Amen. So Jesus is saying, your kingdom come, referring to the kingdom of heaven. Your will be done, referring to the will of the Father, in earth as it is in heaven. In earth as it is in heaven. So what is that? It's aligning earth with heaven. Earth and heaven line up. That's the best prayer. That's the best way to live. Alignment. So how do I lock into God's prophetic time? It's when I align my will with his will. My life with his life. Everywhere I go, I can see God. Everywhere I go, I can see God. I can see God's heart in whatever I do, whatever I buy, wherever I go, whatever, whoever I'm with. Alignment. If you look at Revelation chapter 21 verse 1, Revelation 21 verse 1. So heaven and earth become together. Heaven and earth become one. That's alignment. And if you look at Revelation 21 verse 1, and I saw, how many of you know that Revelation 21 is the last chapter of the book of Revelation? It's the last chapter of the Bible. And I saw a new heaven. This is not referring to where God lives. This is referring to the first and the second heaven. The first heaven is the atmospheric heaven. The second heaven is where demons reside. So I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Wow. That's exactly what Jesus prayed for. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So earth is now part of heaven. Together they have become new. And the same 
has happened to you. You and God have come together. You have become new, a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Those that are joined to the Lord, you are one spirit with him. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Acts chapter 17, verse 26. We're looking at God's preordained framework. God's preordained framework. You know, sometimes you feel like, I can't do anything. What can I do about it? We just have to wait for winter to come. I'm waiting for harvest. What can I do? I just have to wait, wait for the harvest time, right? So why, why, why is it like that? Those are God's parameters, preordained framework. So if you look at Acts chapter 17, verse 26, and hath made of one blood, all of us, one blood, all nations of men, for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined, you see the word determined? Determine the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So what God had predetermined in your life and my life, guess what's that? Our birth time and our race. God had determined your race, your ethnic race, your ethnic race, whether you're Chinese, whether you're uh, Tongan, whether you're Filipino, whether you're Indonesian, God had predetermined. God has predetermined that. So, for you to hate the color of your skin, for you to despise your race, that's rebellion against God. God had predetermined when you were born. I mean, the month that you were born. And guess what? God had predetermined whether you were to be born as a male or a female. Those were the boundaries. Those were the predetermined factors in our lives. Amen. So we need to understand that and need to praise God for that and use what God had given to us. Can we say amen? Amen. God is the father of our spirits. Your parents, they are the father and the mother of your flesh. God is the father of our spirit and you are the father of your soul. And when you go to heaven, your spirit has been given to you. Your physical body was given to you. Guess who gave you your soul? Who gave you your soul? You. You are responsible for your will, your mind, and your emotions. Together, they are called your personality, your character, your soul. And God is after your beautiful soul. The devil wants to drive you so that you give no thoughts to your soul and all you want to do is to make money or to make ends meet or to have a good career or to arrive at a position of influence. But guess what? What you have comes out of who you are. Your soul is very important to God. Your soul is very important to God. When you talk to God in your spirit, God tells you about your soul, the condition of your soul, what you need to improve about your soul, how your soul can make a way for you for promotion, for blessings. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Are we doing okay? When we talk about prophetic timing, when we're talking about receiving divine providence and the blessings from God, we're not talking about that you just sit there and there are no battles to fight. When you get into prophetic timing or when you're about to meet your prophetic timing or when you're about to, to get into your destiny, there will be battles. There will be battles, and in fact, you need to fight them in order to arrive at your destiny. And the battles are very fierce, are very ferocious at times. And you might think that you've got it wrong. No, you haven't got it wrong. You've got it right, but you need to fight and fight and fight until you've got it. Can we say amen? 
Amen. Hallelujah. Because the devil is trying to stop you with his snares, trying to stop you with his blindness and his deception. But God will fight with you and for you. I know we like that song, you know, the battle is the Lord's, but you need to fight as well. You can't just sit there and say the battle is the Lord's. How do we fight? Come on, Christians. How do we fight? What battle is that? It's the battle of faith. It's the battle of faith. It's the battle of faith. How do you fight it? With your physical hands? No. How do you fight it? With your mouth. With your mouth. And which part of you controls your mouth? Your spirit and your soul. If your will wants to be lazy, you won't pray. If your mind has unbelief, you won't pray. If you're feeling downcast, you won't pray. So the spirit needs to manage your soul and your soul will cause your body to act victoriously. Can we say amen? Can, you ask, can I ask you a simple question? Let's say, is that okay? Yeah. Let's say, if I feel now, I need to go to, to the ladies. I need to go to toilet. Okay, let's say, how do I know that? My mind tells me. My mind tells me. How many of you know that your mind knows your body? Is it true? Isn't it true that your mind knows your body? When you renew your mind, you renew your body. When you renew your mind, you renew your body. That's why the word of God can heal you. That's why speaking the word of God over yourselves, praying the word of God can heal you. Can we say amen? Amen. Do not conform to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? That's very, very important. So what am I talking about? We are talking about mindsets. Say to the person next to you, mindset. One more time, mindset. A very simple question. How long does a movie last usually? How long does a movie last? Two hours? Yeah, about two hours. And how come we can sit through a movie? Because you don't need to use your mind. You're just passively receiving. But when you're receiving the word of God, you need to use your mind. Amen. We're talking about the mindset. All right. There are three mindsets that the Bible tells us. The first mindset, I call it the age of terror. The age of terror. If you study history, you call them barbarians. The age of terror. What, do, what did they use as their weapons? Fear. Kill you. Cut off the head. What did they use? Intimidation. They use intimidation, they use terror to dominate. We call them barbarians, we call them terrorists. Have you had times when you feel so fearful about a situation? Have you had times when you feel so threatened by the situation that's around you? By what's happening in the world right now? Then what's the spirit that's talking to you? Fear. And what's that mindset that you're in? The mindset of terror. So what do you need to do? Renounce it. That's how you know the devil is using terror to talk to you. The second mindset is called, I call it the age of reason. It's like everything can be reasoned. Reason and democracy. Reason and democracy. That's the Greek culture. Reason and democracy, ruling and governing people by education and democracy. That's the second mindset. Trying to get along well with everybody, you know. Just reason it out, it's okay, it's all right. But the thing is that we have to obey God without having, without having to reason him out or figure him out. There are things that we can't reason out. There are things that we can't figure out, but we still believe. God is over and above our reasoning. There are ways that people don't like you. They think you're crazy or they think you're just being, uh, what's the word, um, bossy. 
If you please God, you may not please everybody. So you have to understand that that's the Greek culture, that's mind of the age of reason that's trying to dictate to you, and you need to renounce it. That's how you, what we've learned from history. And what's the mindset that God wants us to have? God wants us to have the Hebrews mindset. What's the Hebrews mindset? The Torah. The biblical mindset. The mindset of worship and submission. The mindset of worship, submission. Ruling by the truth and by the Holy Spirit. That's how we lock into God's prophetic timing when we renew our mind instead of being barbarian, instead of being democracy, we are being spiritual. We want a spiritual mindset. We want biblical understanding. We want spiritual reasoning that comes from God, not the intellectual reasoning that comes from men. Amen. We do reason, but we reason according to the word of God. We reason with and not against God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I understand that there is still that, that, res, that residue because most of us, we have been educated in the Greek way. We've been educated to think, to reason, to analyze. So we think, yeah, we believe God, but we still have to reason. You're not crazy or you don't, you still need to use your mind. yes. We believe God, we reason, but we reason with the word and not against the word. Can we say amen? We reason with the Lord, not against the Lord. We reason with the word. Amen. So, for example, like with this COVID thing, we can say, yes, we still have to reason, use our mind. You know, the air, the air can carry germs, to carry, the air can carry germs. And the Holy Spirit can enlighten your mind. What is the air? Tell me. What's the air? Um, air, okay, I've learned from high school, air, the air is made of molecules, air, molecules, and that's why we have vapor, and uh, that's why we have water, water, in the air molecule, and then the Holy Spirit can continue to enlighten you and believe that the air molecules are not allowed to carry any germs, not allowed to carry any bacteria. It's not an agent for the devil to put sickness and disease on people. Amen. So what did I have? I have the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. The Lord had given me understanding. And with that, faith rises up on the inside of me. And I pray and I attack the devil. Attack his lies. Can we say amen? amen. And the same with age. You know, people may tell you, oh, you know, that's part of aging, you know, that's part of aging, and your lungs will not do so well, your bones will not do so well, uh, your knees will not be so strong, you know, that's all part of aging. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. But then the Holy Spirit said, no. <laughs> no. Look to the Word. The Word says that I will renew your youth like the eagles. So, okay. What's the will of God? Does God want me to grow old and then be diseased and then die? No. God wants me to have a lot of impact. To have a lot of impact. That my impact does not decrease with age. God wants me to maximize my life. To maximize my time. Glory be to God. And then you start to think different. Wow. Then he's the builder of my body. He's the maker of my body. He can make my body strong. He can renew my youth. Amen. And from that understanding, you get elevated to a higher realm, to the realm of the spirit, to the heavenly realm where there is no time. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. That's how Jesus functioned. Christianity is about signs and wonders and miracles. If you take signs and wonders and miracles out of your Bible, you would have no Bible left. The devil wants to talk you out of signs and wonders and miracles. He's a naturalist because he's only confined to the earthly realm. Choose for yourself whom you will serve. If, if you only live by the natural realm, by your own intelligence and your own strength, you can never make it. 
in life. It's so important for us to have the miraculous mindset, the mindset for God's wonders and signs and miracles that will elevate you, take you out of captivity and slavery to the realm of freedom and liberty. Can we say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we start distributing communion? Can I ask you to stand with me? Let's respond. Can I ask you to stand up? Let's respond to the word of God. God is always looking for a response. When he starts moving in your life, you may just have an impression. You may just have an idea. Or you may have like holy emotions stirred up in you. And it's important for you to respond. And that's why I've always asked for autocalls. I've asked you to say something with me. Because God is after your response. And as soon as you respond, then he can intervene into your life. Because he's a perfect gentleman. He does not come in till he's invited. So it's very, very important that we respond to him and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I get it now. I understand. I want it. Please move in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how you respond. Respond actively, not passively. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember how um, David, he was so happy from the battle and he came back. He was so, so stirred up. Amen. He was dancing before everybody. He was so excited. He forgot that he was king. Uh, he ripped off his clothes and started, you know, to offer himself up to the Lord and dancing before God. And his wife despised him. But you know what's so powerful about him is that he forgot about himself. He put his self-consciousness to the floor. He doesn't want self-consciousness anymore. He's happy to just act madly. Because he's madly in love with God. He's madly grateful to God. Amen. That's his response. Amen. So it's very important.